You're listening to The Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half hour or so we're going to talk, be talking about all things food. No drink today at all, Ollie. No. No. We had course and press last week, but, yeah. but no drinking. We just got food. Um, and our guests today are Holly Shackleton, who's editor of Speciality Food Magazine. Hello. Are you are you excited about what's in front of you? You're not allowed to reveal what it is yet. I'm so excited. I won't oh, yeah. reveal. I won't give any clues apart from the fact that it smells really good. It does smell fantastic. We love um, smelling the studio out. Mm. Um, <laughs> there was that famous cheese moment, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was really was smelly. I mean, it was delicious. Delicious. Oh, nobody delicious could come in the smelly. studio for probably hours afterwards. Um, I'm also joined by Charlotte Downs of More Than Carrots. Hi, Charlotte. Hello. Good. Uh, you're excited about, you're not going to reveal what it is yet? Yeah. Uh, yeah a little bit, bit of a taste. On a dribble. Excellent. Yeah, I'm dribbling a little bit. <laughs> and uh, Dipna Anand. Have I, spelled, have I pronounced that right? I'm, you have. I'm famous for pronouncing stuff wrong. Of Dip in Brilliant. Good to be here. Dip in, brilliant. Now, um, Dipna, we're going to come on to some of the things that you've been, some of the amazing things that you've been doing, actually, um, in, a little bit later. But it's you that's bought the food. So so when, well, we're going to come back to you in a minute. Can you just describe what you've bought for us and, and then we can explain why later? I can. Some yeah. Punjabi delights, if I can uh, say. So we have some mint chutney, mm-hmm. some tamarind chutney, to go with some tandoori chicken tikka and some vegetable samosas and some onion bhajis. <gasps> so excited. Nice. Mm, hate this job. <laughs> um, before we move into tasting that lot, mm. uh, although I'm sort of, my saliva's going a little bit, um, th- cookbooks. Um, now, Dipna's uh, uh, done a, an amazing cookbook, which, which she's going to tell us about in a minute. Have you got any research on, on cookbooks and what, what, what food is in particular, you know, what, what sort of cookbooks they like? It's a massive industry. I, I think we're, we're probably the leading in the world, aren't they, for the number of cookbooks we own? What? Well, there was a great moment the other day, which I'm sure you followed, where Theresa May was trying to connect with um, with factory workers up north, and she said that she had 150 cookbooks, which puts <laughs> her very much in the in what I would call the super rich of the cookbook world. Because what's astounding yeah. is is that 19% of the UK do not own a single cookbook. What? Not one. Not one. None. You the question is, how many joking. cookbooks do you own? And the and 18.7% of people said none. How can you own? None. Well, and, uh, and so what's interesting is, is, there, that, is there an age profile on that? No. Uh, no, I, have, no. I haven't analysed it because it's not a group of people I'm interested I, I, in. I, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you shouldn't say I'm that. Like, no, no, but in the sense, look, I, I run a food website. Like, I need to talk to people who have... So, but, but maybe they don't own it in paper. Maybe maybe they're looking at recipes no, online, no. perhaps. No, this is... This, they're, they're, Whereas no. I love the touch and feel. I mean, your, your Great British Chef's uh, book that you crowdsourced, is a, a, it's a, just a thing of beauty. You want to own it as a thing. Let alone um, the photography and all that sort of stuff. It, we actually we have this great thing we do, which is um, a cookbook club. So on Facebook, every month we pick a different cookbook. And last month we had the Great British Chef's Cookbook. And this month we have Yota Matalengi's Simple. Uh, and next month I think we have Claire Clark's 80 Cakes from Around the World. And the idea is that every month you cook that cookbook. And the community are completely insane. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's just the most amazing group of people. And there's they just keep posting but in the month where we did the great british chef's cookbook the community of four thousand people took it on themselves to cook every single recipe in the book and so there was this kind of this this race in the final week where we're like okay there are only six more and they included um sweetbreads 
which yeah, I difficult on, to get hold of. Which I cooked on a Sunday night. Veal sweetbreads, which I cooked on a Sunday night, and someone else was doing like a twenty-four hour daub of venison or something. I mean, you know, wow. it's and this, this, I'm thinking that in the first eight days, I think, of the Yotta Motlengi book, they cooked fifty percent of the book. Wow. Um, I mean, it's completely insane. That's not cooking. And uh, so, what's the average number of, of well, cookbooks so only, that, that, that most people might have? So, we need to break it apart again because basically, about 7% of the UK own more than 21 cookbooks. Only 7%? Yeah. So, the, 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 mm. the, the cookbook, you know, the cookbook world is very much. We did some kind of calculation, I can't remember what it was, but something like, like 2% of the UK own like. 80% of the cookbook. I mean, it's like, right, okay. it's, you know, it's that kind of wealth story. Well, again. Holly's one of them, I think. I really am. I'm, How many do you I'm, have? I'm, I'm, I, I can't count. I, I wouldn't be able to count. But I think I've probably got about 40 or 50. I think, yeah, 50, 60. And then on top of that, I've got, I've got, Lots and lots of book about food, you know, the history yeah. of food and all sorts of other things, you know, on top of that. But, yeah. but pure cookery books, probably are 40 or 50, I would say. But I just, I like to look at them. I can't, yeah. there's only a couple which I actually use and, yeah, actually get proper usage out of rather than just looking at the beautiful pictures and being inspired. But you actually use yours, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I have a thing where I write on the cookbook who I... Oh, that's... No. No, I have to. No, that's really, a good no, thing. No, no, it's really no good you can't point. write on You books. can, you can, because it My says... My mum used to tell me off that. You can't do that. Do you know what's really lovely about it is that we have... We'll flick through the recipe and we're like, oh, we ate that with this person and, and that was a really special meal. And it will bring it back, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, we served the octopus, and they didn't like it." Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do that again. Um, so there's kind of, you know, so there's oh, there's okay. a little history. I mean, I was flicking through hmm. one of my books the other day, and it's like, "Oh, we did that for that," and you know, which where were we living? And mine have got came. lots of fingerprints oh. on and splashes yeah. and stuff like that. But I, oh, I can't write on it. No, I don't think so. It's like it's acts of vandalism <laughs> to me. No, but yeah, it's taking ownership of it. Mm, yeah, okay, you know, needs more chili. Do you adjust? Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. So you adjust it. You no, actually adjust the recipe because I'm not very good at following recipes. I'm not oh. very good at following anything. No, Are you really? No, no. A bit of a rebel. Yeah. Uh, what favourite cookbooks, Holly? Uh, I, I know it's difficult. I mean, I, I don't think I could say a particular one, but I think the one that I actually use a lot is Persiana oh, yeah. by Sabrina Gayle, and I think it's because it's a relatively. I mean, if I'm cooking Italian food or you know more familiar cuisines, I kind of make it up, and I probably have the stuff in my cupboards and just make it up as I go along. But a new cuisine like Persian food, mm. I just, I book. need to be mm. guided. And you're, it's so good. Yeah. Your favourite, Ollie? My all-time favourite. So, I mean, I, I can't think it's impossible. It'll be the latest one. No, but I've got, I've got, I mean, I have to say, I'm loving, I love all the Yotta Motolenghi books. I love all the Nigel Slater books. I've got loads of, I've got, you know, Persianas. I've got, you know, loads of the Marcus Waring's, Nathan Outlaw ones I love. Um, I mean, there's a whole... I think I probably have over two hundred. It's 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 actually out of control. You could you could write that off as a business expense, though, couldn't you? Given your job, yes, I probably can. Which means that, you but then, do. No, but there's well, actually <laughs> the office has hundreds and hundreds. Well, that's, hundreds. yeah, but that's your job. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you do. Um, Charlotte, what's your favourite cookbook? Do you have? Planted by Chantelle Nicholson, which was one of our cookbook clubs uh, recipe books. I actually made. Um, Aquafaba um, chocolate mousse, if you've done that recipe in there. I haven't, but I was going to ask you a question about technique because there's a few recipes where, you know, you might not have the right equipment in your house and then that gets a bit difficult. Mm, it does. Yeah. I, you see, I'm, I'm a freeform, a bit of a freeform cook and therefore I don't really follow a recipe anyway. <laughs> and I substitute lots of stuff for stuff. Um, but but I use it as a, as, a, as a sort of platform, you know, a sort of 
guide more yeah mm. an inspiration more and and what sort of ingredients you know all that sort of stuff so I just I just ad lib that if it was me. It's just the <laughs> but really... the problem is in the vegan and vegetarian yeah. stuff. I think you have particularly. You know, mm. I mean, there was this whole Twitter storm yesterday about vegan baking on Bake Off, and mm. I got really upset about. It. Anyway, the point is actually, if you are doing vegan cooking or gluten free cooking, you've really got to follow recipes because a lot of the principles don't mm. apply, and you need okay, to think yeah, differently. And that is that. that's much harder. Yeah, Dipna, tell us about your cookbook, and also what 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 sort of cookbooks do you, are you really admire? So one that I really uh, admire to start off with is uh, Ranjit Rai's Tandoori Cooking Cookbook that dates back, I, I think it's over about 40 years old, but it tells you about the history of clay oven cooking back then. There's some really unique recipes in there. Um, the books that I write, and so my first book was uh, called Beyond Brilliant, it's called Beyond Brilliant, and some of the recipes in there date back to over 70 years, which are my grandfather's recipes being passed down from my uh, grandfather to my father and now to me. So it's proper authentic Indian cooking. Um, and my dad says, you know, he explains it as it comes from the heart. So it's hearty Indian cooking, so North Indian. Uh, the new cookbook, which is called Dippin' Brilliant, uh, same as my restaurant, is more contemporary. So it's got Indian food and then you have like a contemporary twist or the other way around yeah Yeah. so you have my mum's magic recipes uh, in there so it's a spaghetti bolognese with a dissy touch for example spaghetti bolognese (laughs) Indian style it's amazing honestly and then you have traditional uh, favourites like my uh, grandfather's masaladar traditional chicken in there and then sarg which is the spinach with the cornmeal bread my mum's special uh, recipe so it's a real mixture and what have you brought with you? Are, are these from your cookery book? Or is yes. So the, okay, so can we have a little taste yeah, while Yeah, yeah, of talking? course. So yeah, uh, the tandoori uh, chicken tikka, which is here, yeah. is in my cookbook. Um, and that's basically made with a marination of yogurt and spices. So it's red chilli, some cumin. You've got some turmeric for a nice colour as well. Um, and then coriander, some fenugreek okay, as so well. I've just picked up a, a piece of chicken tikka. Now, what I can't do at home mm-hmm. is get this wonderful caramelization so so you've obviously got a skewer hole in this, ch- this chunk correct that's the chunk that's been uh, cooked in the clay oven ah so that's why yeah but mm. i appreciate that not everyone's got a clay oven at home yeah. <laughs> um so uh, in the recipe book there is obviously al- al- an alternative where you cook it in the sure. oven um and i'm not saying you're going to get the proper tandoori yeah. or charcoal flavor but so, so tell me what in your opinion i mean chicken tikka is no, is overused it's it just, amazing. Just there's for me. There's something about you know. I mean, so I lived in Bombay for for a while. I'm going to eat while you talk. You just... No, I, I wanted you to eat it because I think you have to just. There is something about you know. I think chicken is really boring, as a kind of you know. Generally, chicken has had a terrible reputation in this country because often the chicken you get is rubbish. It's poor quality. It's got no flavour in it. But when you eat something like that, you just go, oh my god. I mean, in terms of. The smokiness, the flavour. I mean, I could eat so much of that. Just stick your head in that, should you? No, seriously. You know, like... I'm not exaggerating when I say this, but we do get uh, customers who travel from India and come and eat at the restaurant and they will say, you don't even get this kind of food back in India. So I've got... Dipton has made enough it's... for 20 people. So. No, she has she not. She's made enough for one. But, but, but what I was going to say here about about the sort of skewer thing is, is you know, I can do that and get my oven as hot as I can. You know, I might... I might um, I might cook the chicken beforehand so it's moist and then then really, really, really get a bit of crispness on the outside. 
I have never once had a chicken tikka recipe that I've really liked because the, it's always either really orangey or really pink or it's yogurty and then it doesn't stick to, you know, the, the chicken properly or separate. Yeah. This is lovely. Can I actually cook this at home from your from your hundred and ten percent? And it's going to taste like this. Gonna... And, and a barbecue in the summer. Can you just is put your hand better? on your heart and promise me. Yeah, that. but you get. But would you, you get know, the? Sm- you need it. You need to barbecue to get the smokiness. There's a lot of smokiness. Mm. In yeah. So I guess uh, we use a gas fired uh, tandoori oven, like the eye tandoor type. That's thing. it. That's yeah. it. Something like that. But even I promise you, even if you cook this at home, you'll still get. The flavour, because in Indian cooking, especially Punjabi cookery, it's all to do with the spices, and that's what gives a balancing spices, and that's what gives Punjabi food its um, flavour. And I get I get emails and pictures every day from people who have used the book, um, the first book that was in the first book as well, and they say, Dipna, oh my God, it's come out exactly as it is, and that's something I can vouch for. Every single recipe in that book comes out exactly how it looks like on the page, and that's why it sold out the first yeah. time. Yeah, um, th- this is. Is perfectly balanced, isn't it, Holly? It is absolutely uh, beautiful. In terms of oh, I, I pointed and said, Holly, you must try something. She said, I'm a vegetarian. She's well, good. But, 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 and then, and then I said, semi-vegetarian. <laughs> so I basically... Meat reducer camp. Well, I, I really yeah. am. And we'll probably discuss it more later. But basically, I eat meat. I'm, I'm a reducer. I eat meat on special occasions or when it's very strongly recommended to me. I'm it strongly, was. strongly Ollie was recommending it. very uh, and which one do you think it goes better with, the tamarind or the mint? People have their preference. I mean, okay. the mint is, I've of just, course, yeah, very fresh. It's got some onion. I the mint, which was very, very nice. I love the taste of tamarind. It doesn't taste like anything else in the world to me. It has the beautiful sweet and sour sourness, but actually it's, yeah. it's sweet at the same time. And it, it, it genuinely doesn't taste like anything else. And I think it's, for me, it's very, you know, it, it's really what I consider to be Indian. I know that sounds... Yeah, again, these are my grandfather's recipe. We originated from Kenya, but we are Punjabis. My grandfather opened the first Mm. brilliant nightclub, hotel and restaurant in Kenya. And again, these are his recipes and they, they live on exactly how... He, he he made them. We're having a great time here. Going to have to come again. Um, and, and and tell me about samosas. So so there's loads of loads of different recipes there are. for samosas. What 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 have you done for us here? Right. So these are Punjabi samosas called kasta samosas. The word kasta means crispy, and to get that crispiness, of course, when they've come. Uh, come fresh out the deep fat fryer. Sorry, you, these obviously haven't come fresh out. Yeah. Time, but you can hear the crispiness as I'm eating. I think. So these are the kasta ones. What kasta means is like crispy. And to get that crispiness, you need to add ghee to the pastry. So we have added a little bit of ghee to the pastry. Um, And then you get different types of samosas using phyllo pastry. And for that, you need a big tava. For these sorts of ones, which are just kasta Punjabi samosas, you can cook them quite easily at home. And I normally fill them with, this one is potato and peas. And yesterday at my launch, I did spring rolls with a nice... um, lamb uh spiced lamb mixture and it was really tasty so uh, one of my favorites always a winner with customers as well samosas unfortunately i couldn't make it last night and i had to send one of my members of staff they were beside themselves with excitement <laughs> and then they haven't stopped talking about it all day really nuts honestly all the food went down um a hit i think my mum's sag and makki di roti was uh, was the winning dish of the evening and then we had aloo tiki uh, as well which is a potato cutlet with tamarind and yogurt and pomegranate was yeah really good people people loved it <laughs> and then tell me the secret of an onion bhaji because i know loads of british people who will say that they gauge 
the quality of an Indian restaurant by the onion barges. Are sort of if they can't get that right, they're not going to get anything. Hundred percent, right. and um, you know it's very easy to get onion barges which are quite oily, and you will taste that these ones are not oily. We put onion, of course, spinach, potato in a gram flour batter. We also add white vinegar to our onion bhajis and what that does is stops the oil from seeping in and that's a little secret it's got coriander seeds in there it's got a great crunch to it I mean it's, got, it's got good texture for a change I think mm. is it spicy? can you start eating um, <laughs> Shackleton over there and, and, and say something? Um, delicious no, I'm sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm distracted right now Zoom it's coming from someone who was just smiling just <laughs> look of utter joy on her face as she was eating and you're, you're so actually guaranteeing I, I can make this 100% you have no idea how bad Sue is at cooking. Uh-oh. <gasps> that was a joke. Oh, I'm really good at cooking. Thank you so much. I remember you once brought in your dried fruit, didn't you, from your humidifier? <laughs> That's not cooking. That was just shoving it in a yeah, dehydrator. It's not actually cooking. Um, these are know, delicious, aren't I they? think what's interesting, though, is I think we're beginning to understand the complexity of Indian food. Because, you know... As I said, I lived in India and, you know, you go to places like Calcutta and the food is just totally different from it is in Delhi or if you're in Bombay or if you're in, you know, Goa. And actually, I think what's exciting is, is that there's a lot more depth and breadth to Indian cooking than I think what we've really been exposed to in this country. I think it's exciting that people are beginning to understand. Yeah, they are. People are uh, beginning to get more educated about Indian cuisine because what is Indian cuisine? Is it Punjabi food? Is it Nepalese food? Is it Pakistani food? Is it Bangladeshi food? Most, well, 90% of the restaurants in this country are dominated by Bangladeshi cuisine. And people now are starting to understand the difference between Punjabi and Bangladeshi. But in, isn't it true that in America, I always remember in New York, it's Punjabi, isn't it? Punjabi restaurants, is, yeah. yeah, so, Punjab, yeah. so the Punjabi is dominates yeah. in, in New York, but here it's the, it's the Bangladeshi. Correct. And in London alone, there are 32 regional varieties of Indian food that you can find alone. So... They, they, I mean, they don't call us a curry-loving nation and the curry capital of the world for no reason. I mean, what I really like about what you've got here, though, is it's incredibly complex. And one of my favourite books, very old book, actually, 50 Best Curries in the World, is it called? Oh, oh yeah. I know. Really, a really old book and, and amazing book as well. But actually, uh, reading that, uh, the narrative as opposed to the recipes, it's about when you add spices, how those spices react together, at what times you do things and what you go, and actually it's incredibly. Oh God, I'm coughing now. It's got a bit chilly. Um, you have to be incredibly experienced and knowledgeable to, un, you know, almost like a, you know, master wine blender or something to actually understand how those things go together and at what point in the cooking process as well. Correct. In my first book. And in my second book, the spices have been broken down. So you have a section for ingredients and you've got the spices underneath. And I think people have just found that really user-friendly and it's just easy uh, to follow. You're right in saying the technique and method of Punjabi cooking uh, needs to be correct. But the more and more you practice... Um, the easier it gets. I mean, sometimes I get my students when I'm training them saying, oh, you know, what if at home I don't have coriander powder? Okay, miss that out, add a little bit more cumin. It's all about experimenting. Of course, the two things you want to be careful about is the chili and the salt. The rest you're okay with. And just knowing small things like with chicken in Indian cooking, fenugreek and coriander go particularly well. And then when you're using red meat like lamb, use cinnamon, black cardamom, cloves, so just knowing those small mm. things. Also, the fact something that people get wrong is when you're cooking your masala, so you put your onions with the oil and some cumin seeds and you don't cook your onions for long enough, you really need to caramelise your onions 
before you add your ginger and garlic. Small things like that can make all the difference between a good curry. But don't cook them too high, otherwise they just go bitter. Mm. You, you want you want onions that are translucent and have gradually melted down as opposed to... Correct. But if, amazing you, but if you're in a restaurant, for example, and you're cooking, let's say, for two, three hundred people at one time on these big, huge gas burners, and you are having to cook on a really high heat, then you've got to make sure someone is just stirring mm. all the time. <laughs> and honestly, I kid you not, I do this day in, day out, where I cook for 200 people. I've just had an event now, a pop-up event. And I stand there mixing my masala and my brother laughs at me because now I've built built these muscles just by cooking. He said, he said to me, Dip, people pay for this kind of stuff, you know, and you've Dip's just, just built showing these us her, her our biceps. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, look at that. I'm not going to have a fight honestly, with her, that's for sure. quite impressed. <laughs> just take a feel of that. No, yeah, very impressive. <laughs> very impressive. So, so, um, so you've done the cookbooks. You, you've got an incredible history of restaurant food in your family. So just tell us a little bit about your father and his his restaurant ventures. So my dad started the first Brilliant in um, Southall in 1975 with his brother. And uh, when we opened, it started as a 30-seat restaurant. So he tells me these uh, stories. I grew up in and around the restaurant business. And I think it's fair to say that cooking is in my blood. I mean, I, I trained at the University uh, of West London, but automatically I was just good at the, the subject of food from a very young age and people always say did you learn it and actually I didn't I just watched my mom watched my dad in the kitchen at the restaurant just and yeah the restaurant steep yeah it, really. and and the restaurant has just grown now we now we have over 300 seats we have a new restaurant in my new one my little baby in uh, Fulham so yeah the, the restaurant has become very popular and attracted lots and, and lots of different and people. then why why write the cookbook um I mean uh, loads of People write cookbooks um, a, a bit as a vanity thing, I think, when yeah. they've got a, when they've got a brand. Actually, and some of them are awful, aren't they? They're dreadful, really. Um, there are some yours, terrible ones out there. There are, you, but yours is very, very popular, and people might not really remember Delia Smith other than getting drunk at a Norwich football game. But <laughs> no, she's the, cheating. That's the fair. thing with Delia. She did some great recipes. The thing with Delia is when I, you know, when I was learning how to cook, you know, as in my early 20s is you knew if you got a Delia cookbook that it would never go wrong. That yep. was always the thing with Delia, you know, and because she must have just trialed her recipes again and again and again and again and you knew they'd never let you down. And I think that's what you're saying, Dipner, isn't it? Is that, that, that you, you've constructed these recipes. So instead of them, you know, being a bit of a vanity thing, you really want to get people to understand how to, to cook these and get them right every single time. Yeah, that, that's very important. It, would, it was my dad's dream. For, I think I, I was probably about 12 or 13. And I always used to hear him say, uh, one day we're going to release the brilliant cookbook. And I grew up hearing that. And I want to make his dream come true. And one day I woke up and decided, right, it's time for me to write a cookbook. But I wanted to write a cookbook that actually portrayed what we as a brand are all about. So any dish that you eat at the restaurant and then take home the cookbook and make that dish will be exactly how it was at the restaurant. My dad was a bit... Um, uh, scared at first he said people are going to stop coming to the restaurant but they didn't so it was okay there you go so you're okay and and tell me a little bit about the history of of, of vegetarian food inside Indian cooking because it's quite a strong vegetarian culture isn't it yeah we, I mean within uh, Indian religion and culture there are various groups who specifically are vegetarian like the Brahmins and are, are pure vegetarians so in fact some Brahmins are so strict that they won't even 
go to uh, a non-vegetarian person's house because that's how strict they are. So this, I just stop that because there's a for my favorite phrases that, that you get in India is a restaurant is non-veg. <laughs> The, uh, so you start. Yeah, do you know? I think we may be heading towards that in the Which UK. Which is quite interesting, actually. Yeah. But it's a very, it's a yeah, very it specific. Is. The idea of a, it's a it's non-veg restaurant. Yeah, and because you, vegetables are the mainstay. Exactly. And then the rest, of, and, 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 and it like, does feel like it's heading a little yeah. bit that way here, which would be great. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Really, really good. Have you got some stats about um, vegetarians and then um, particularly ve- vegan food? Well, so, it, so it's interesting. When we did our, our last round of research in, in January, we picked up, um, I suppose, a whole load of stuff around the growth of vegetarian and vegan. And we asked the question in quite a broad way, which is, to what extent do you agree with, Do you agree or disagree with the statement, I'm a vegetarian or I'm a vegan? And we got these numbers and we just went, nah, that's not right. Like 5% of the UK said they were vegan. It's like, no, this is not correct. And we got like... Well, what, why did you think that? It was too it high too, or too low? It was low? too high. It was too, too high. high. Okay. And, um, and so we then went back and we asked a much, much, much more specific and broken down question on both vegetarian and vegan. So we went, I'm a strict vegan. I'm an occasional vegan. I'm not a vegan, but I eat vegan dishes. My partner's a vegan. We literally went every single way you could go around it. And what you end up with is you realize that there are probably, you know, I mean, and the vegan society wouldn't necessarily agree with this, but there are somewhere between 200 and 500,000 vegans in the UK, strict vegans in the UK. But the number of people who are actually eating vegan food is at a different magnitude altogether. It's like, you know, it's approaching, you know, 40% in the UK. And what you kind of get to is a realization that where the movement is happening is it's kind of what you were saying earlier, Holly, mm-hmm. is that actually the movement is happening towards people who are reducing their meat consumption and eating vegetarian or vegan dishes more regularly, or at least have a desire to eat more. So I think what, what, I, what we're seeing a lot to brands at the moment is the opportunity is not to be a vegan, vegan brand. Um, it's actually to give people the opportunity to inspire people to eat more vegan or vegetarian food. Um, which leads me rather nicely to you, Charlotte, uh, <laughs> uh, of uh, the organisation sort of More Than Carrots. Now, uh, what you're trying to do, I think, in, in terms of, you know, you have a, an app designed for vegetarians and, and others who are just looking to cut down on their meat consumption. Um, you're trying to help them to find the places where, where it's, you know, they're going to have a really great choice or you've got chefs or whatever who are doing something, you know, really um, adventurous, not, you know, the obvious default yeah. vegan thing. Yeah, yeah. so I think um, as we've been talking about, like those that are meat reducing tend to be doing it a lot at home. And then when they dine out, there's just not that much option. And when we started the business, my co-founder was, she's, I have to put a disclaimer out, I am approaching predominantly vegan at this point. Um, But she was eating meat and she wanted to eat less. And she found herself in situations where she just was served a side salad and that wasn't something she wanted. So she was just going to eat meat because it was a side salad. Sort of lazy, you know, lazy offering from a restaurant, isn't it? And and I'm not sure you really get a balanced diet if you're having sort of four out of five dishes as a mushroom risotto. Um, (laughs) Good point. (laughs) But um, so, yeah, we thought that there's a a group out there, that 40% that you mentioned, who are looking to dine on more plant-based dishes and they want to be inspired and have the same taste experiences that you've talked about with some of the food that we've got here today. And 
And there's some of the other things I think with with when when restaurants are, are, are sort of providing a vegan option is it can be incredibly carb heavy, which which is not necessarily what people want either. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about context within a menu because there's a lot. Uh, steak restaurants are a great example. You go to a steak restaurant with your friends, and you might be wanting to eat less meat. You go there for sort of a grill. You go there for smokiness, like we've got in this chicken here, but you end up with a pasta pomodoro. And that doesn't really, that's not what you were expecting when you went for a, to a grilled restaurant. You would probably quite like some grilled vegetables if you were to opt for mm. the vegetarian option. But it's just, it doesn't make it tempting for anyone who eats meat. Yeah. And so your app sort of systematically analyses the, the sort of menu, okay, so the, the options that you have. And then you give them a, a rating depending, you know, green, amber, red. Thankfully, I'm so pleased about this. Um, <laughs> uh, you've uh, dip, no, you, you've got a green rating uh, according to More Than Carrots. Ah, did yep. you know that? No, so, good. Yeah, I see. So, a restaurant with a green rating will have several vegetarian main dishes and will offer something for every taste bud with both lighter and more filling options. Um, so, you don't have to decide whether to eat no meat or no carbs, and you definitely won't have to ask for a vegetarian menu. Would and you that's the definition. Yes, yes, that is. We just <laughs> launched good. actually a vegan menu. In fact, those onion bhajis that you just have are vegan. So there you are. <laughs> you need to tuck into those, Charlotte. No, and gluten-free. And gluten-free, there you go. Um, and, but it's interesting because I think you're right. It's not. This is not just about, you know, wanting, you know, just catering to, to vegans or vegetarians, which clearly is, I think, have been, you know, woefully underserviced by by the restaurant industry. Um, but it is also when you do eat out, occasionally you don't want mm. something that's kind mm. of an enormous hunk of meat or something. Well, there's, yeah. there's also that, the different taste profile that comes in with that. I mean, I have a very different taste profile than my co-founder and when she is in a restaurant she wants something that you know is is filling that I would be completely happy with that's why we we look at the range of dishes because you're in you have from different perspectives yeah, different yeah perspectives, absolutely exactly. so the amber ratings on your app um basically you'll find interesting veggie options and a reasonable proportion of the menu will be vegetarian however um it, it will include restaurants with smaller menus or tasting menus and probably you, you the vegetarian option is on a separate menu or you'd have to ask so you you'd have to make a bit of an effort as a punter really uh, in, in, you know in one of those and and if you if you've got a restaurant with a red rating uh, they might have no vegetarian mains at all or they have very very little um, variety so so if you are a meat eater and you're looking for a very really broad range menu it's unlikely that you'll be tempted away from meat into eating veg because because there just won't be the, the imagination be but yeah, yeah yes um so so this is going to be really useful i mean i think you might find this useful holly actually. absolutely yeah. yeah i'm so i'm so excited to find out about this i really am because as i say i'm not a full-time vegetarian um, obviously, because I've just eaten two bits of chicken and very much enjoyed it. She went it. back for the second. <laughs> I really did. There was there the first, was a, and that was more a mistake. The second back. was like, you know. Yeah, there are witnesses to this, but um, but just it's it it is just a case of knowing where there are options because I can honestly say, when I thought actually no, I'm kind of veggie now, how did that happen? Um, and when I kind of the light switched in my brain, I was thinking actually, I can explore that section of the menu now. This is great. I've always kind of ignored it before. That I, that was remarkable for me when I 
because I've been vegetarian most of my life, when people started to eat less meat in front of me, they were like, oh, I'd never seen this dish. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> you just, you kind of, you, you just, just don't, don't look read at that them. section of the menu. But I'm speaking as someone who, I grew up veggie, my parents were vegetarian. So growing up vegetarian in the 90s, mm. there was nothing. So my parents let kind of me and my brother, if we were out for a meal, we could eat meat. So we did because it was a treat. I have which no what, Which is what meat should be, actually. Yes, exactly. But yeah. I think this is nice because we're talking about the hospitality experience and people are now booking and selecting restaurants before they've even got into the restaurant. I mean, there's some great restaurants out there that when you're in the restaurant will provide you with exactly what you want in terms of your taste profiles or your maybe your dietary requirements. But a lot of the selection is actually happening in the digital space. And that you know, is underserved. That's such a good point, actually. There's nowhere that I book now without going and have a look at the menu no, online. It's really, yeah. So I don't really thought about it. I really don't know what my parents would have done in the 90s, which I think was pre, <laughs> pre-internet. Pre-internet. Yeah, 90s. I was around then. Thanks, Holly. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that's that's fine, Sue. <laughs> but what I'm saying no, I was that, around then course, as well. I was just a course. child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She dug the knife in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I don't. My point is that the markets, basically, yeah, and and word of mouth, it was just potluck. Yeah. Whereas now you can do the research, and and whether even if it's on a separate menu, that's kind of that's okay. I'd rather that it wasn't separated from. You know, I wish it wasn't a sub menu. Yeah, that's exactly how some restaurants get into the orange category, is because actually, if you are eating meat you might not even come across the great mm. options that they have because you won't see them. Like, and there's a lot of restaurants out there that they'll only give you the vegetarian menu if you explicitly ask. Whereas if, like I was discussing with you earlier, like you won't go in and say, I'm a vegetarian. That's not who you are. Mm. And, and as we said, there's flexible eaters that, you know, predominantly veg, not. Mm. And it's just not something you identify with. No, agreed. And it's, it's a real change, isn't it? Yeah, but but I think I think the the other thing is is that you know I, I was we we would, we did this big piece of research about vegan and vegetarian food the other day and I bought all the vegan and vegetarian magazines out there for sort of recipes and my God it was boring yeah it is I really? flicked through them I just really? thought what a bunch of rubbish I mean it was like here's another salad here's it was just it was I I, I think there's a real lack of innovation in this space mm. and people thinking creatively. I mean, honestly, flicking through, you know, vegan today was, I, I looked and I thought, God, you know, this this would kill me. And, you know, to be fair, I think it was, it partially didn't, it didn't have the international profile that I would want in terms of, mm. you know, if I, I mean, if I had to eat Indian vegetarian food for the rest of my life, I'd be okay, you know. But I actually sort of, you know, boring European vegetarian food just would would send me over the edge well that's that's i've got a little hack to your website because i've been using it for quite a few months before and i just search the um type of vegetable i'm looking for look at the technique that it's used in meat dishes and apply that and then either smoke or whatever Mm. something else but it's just about how you get flavor into stuff and you can get flavor into chicken the same way you can get flavor into tofu so so dipna when you you know when you opened your restaurant and this is this is your second one um I'm guessing that you're not even thinking like that. You're just thinking, what amazing things can I have on my menu? You're not Correct. with your head not saying, oh, well, I must have vegan. I must. You're just looking at what could yeah. be amazing. Well, for us, it's great because most Punjabi food, vegetarian food, is vegan anyway. People sometimes just fail to understand that. But what, what I did now two weeks ago when I launched my vegan menu is it's 
the vegan dishes are still in the menu, but it's a separate section. It says vegan starters, vegan main courses. And some, I'm having a little bit of an issue. I mean, where, 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 how do you structure this on your menu? Where yeah, do you put it? Absolutely. Um, I had one customer who said, oh, what, what other starters do you have? And I said, oh, we, ha we have some vegan dishes as well. And what he said is, no, 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 we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want vegan, we want, you know, proper Indian food. And I said, no, no, like, you know, onion bhajis. People, see, so... See, I would, yeah, so I, do you I, put I it in think, the main I do, menu I or not? Keep them, I think the key is a key, which says it's a V. Or yeah. A, you okay, know, so and, I, and I would argue that if you want to inspire people, you say, look, here, here's an onion bhaji. Do you want an onion bhaji? happens to be vegan you can flag that it's vegan but i think that in the end it's about showing the diversity of what you're correct serving. i mean i said to him that, that try the onion bhajis and then he said oh where are they and i said in the vegan menu and i said i did show you this but you told me no 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 you don't want so i don't know is the word off putting yeah. to some i i, so I don't i've got some tested one. methods yeah. on this i mean one we've seen it in the supermarket space already they're selling a lot more veggie based products by them being integrated into the meat cabinets, etc. But also there has been a lot of research um, coming out of the London School of Economics that's looking about menu sections. And when they put the veggie food in a separate menu, it didn't get ordered in a hypothetical way twice as, like, half as much as if it had been in the actual menu. Correct. Mm, like, our, debate, our, like our chickpea and potato curry is now in our vegan section. And we're finding it's ordered less than it yeah, was yeah, before yeah. when it was yeah, the normal be, menu, you yeah. know. So, mm -hmm. but that's big. Again, I think one of the problems with you know, vegan is is more than eating. It's a lifestyle choice. It's about you know, it's it's a philosophy. Well, let's be clear. It's, it, mm. it's more than just you know. So the majority of people are not vegan. Um, the majority of people in the UK are trying to eat less meat. Sure. So if you mm. want to ultimately. And let's be clear, that's about, you know, much better for the planet if we do reduce our meat consumption. Mm. The game We're is gonna to inspire to. <laughs> people to, to eat less meat. Yeah. And they do it with great, you know, options. So you go, well, you don't see you're missing something. Well, I'm totally sorry. I'm going to have to stop you there. As which which is good, really, because we, we, yeah, we can eat some more. Um, of, no, I'm um, taking it. Well, I was going to eat it, I was going to eat it now. So no, there no, won't be none left for you to take dinner. home. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you haven't been to Dip in Brilliance, in, uh, it's, I'd say it's a Punjabi cafe restaurant in Fulham, next to my football team's uh, stadium, <laughs> Chelsea's Stamford Bridge. Um, you've got to go there, um, and it's led by uh, Dipna Anand, and obviously part of her family little empire with the, the original Brilliant restaurant in Southall. Uh, you can go on the website, dipinbrilliant.com, uh, go along there and make sure you look at the, the vegan section, I would yes, say. Yes, and in the meantime... But it might be actually incorporated in the main section fairly soon. Yeah, in possibly. the meantime, I'll try and change my menu again. Put them in, <laughs> put them in the right place this time. You've just got to experiment, <laughs> haven't you, until you get it, get it right. It. Um, so thank you, Dipna, for joining us. It was very, very generous of you to bring us all this lovely food. It was absolutely delicious, wasn't it? Fantastic. Mm. Oh, you're very welcome. Yes, they're going to dip in in a minute. Oh. <laughs> um, and Charlotte Downs of More Than Carrots. Um, really interesting, I think, Charlotte. And if you want to um, download the apps, it, uh, the app, it's pretty simple, really. It's morethancarrots.co.uk. Um, Apple and Android? Uh, so it's a web-based website, but we'd like you to sign up to the newsletter. Okay. So Sorry, the... it's not an app. It's, a, it's, it's just a website. No, but you can you can view it on your phone. Oh, like. excellent, excellent. Okay. Um, and I think there's going to be more and more call for that, uh, you know, as in, can you help me before I go out? I need to know whether this is going to, you know, uh, suit a whole range of dates. people or family. Great for dates and group bookings. Great for dates. There you go, Ollie. Date night. 
day night. I do do day night. Yeah, yeah Tuesday yeah. night normally. <laughs> is it Tuesday night? Yeah. So my mother-in-law looks after the children. Note taken. Yeah, <laughs> go, on the, go on the website then, yeah. uh, definitely. Um, and um, thank you very much, Holly Shackleton, for joining us. And I, I know you found it very difficult to eat all that food. Very, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stuffed now. I don't know no. how I'm going to do dishing. No. Um, Lovely. Uh, so you've been listening to the Food Talk Show, which is syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you, Ollie. What a lovely programme that was, wasn't it? It was really wasn't fun. Great. Yeah, really good. Um, and Ollie is uh, Chief Executive of Great British Chefs. Um, so if you want to find great recipes as well, there's we a have, whole range of Indian vegetarian. restaurants, vegetarian, vegetarian. Um, that is probably the place to go in the UK, I would say. How many recipes you got? About four and a half thousand. Yeah, I haven't so. cooked all of them personally. No. So if you're going to, you, you'll find something that you want on, on it. it. Yeah. Um, if you want to recommend any future guests, uh, wonderful people like Charlotte or Dipner, please get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. And if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts, go to foodtalk.co.uk or via Great British Chefs. I hope you have a good week. We're about to tuck in further to our Indian food. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.